0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hello and welcome to Country Roads Confidential. I am your host, Chris Anderson, publisher of eversports.com, the West Virginia site on the Sports.com network. This is kind of a two-parter coming up today on the podcast, neither of which will include your usual host, Mr. Mike Casazza. Uh, what we're going to do today is... First, I'm going to give you a quick rundown. Five minutes on one new basketball commitment. Five more minutes on what's left for basketball recruiting transfers, what the plan is. And then we're going to welcome in Sean Bach from our Iowa 247sports.com network site to discuss one of the two commitments from Monday afternoon, point guard Joe Toussaint, Uh, He is going to give us a different perspective, one that I know Mike and I kind of detailed what kind of player we thought he was, what we saw from him, what we think his potential fit is at West Virginia. But I thought it best if we also invited Mr. Bach on to give us an Iowa perspective, a perspective that of someone who has actually covered the player for the last three years. So he will come on about 10, 12 minutes into into this podcast. But first, we're going to talk about the second commitment of the day for the Mountaineers, That was Harcum College uh, big man, Mohamed Wagyu. Um, He is somebody that's been on the radar for, for honestly, quite some time. West Virginia originally saw him all the way back in 2018, 2019. Uh, Assistant coach Ron Everhart was up scouting at Scotland Prep in Pennsylvania. Uh, He was scouting Clarence Nadolny, who came down to a decision between West Virginia and Texas Tech, ended up with the Red Raiders. But during that scouting trip, they kind of got eyes on this big man, this this 6'9", 6'10", big man, real scrawny, weren't sure if he was ready. He had a UMass offer, some interest from a couple other schools, but wasn't quite at West Virginia's level at that time. Ended up going to Harcum College, where he really built up his body and and turned into quite the force this season. Um, He was named just recently an NJCAA First Team All-American Averaging 15 points, 12 rebounds, and three blocks for a 32 and three team that made it all the way to the elite eight. I am told that you know it, the he's up to six foot ten and about 210, 220 pounds. Um, you know we, he was about six nine, uh, officially measured in when he was in high school at six nine and 195 pounds. So it would make sense that he has gotten a little bigger, a little thicker, um, Gain an inch, maybe. We'll see. But still, 6'9", pretty good size uh, for for a big man right now. Um, Going through his kind of recruitment after that, West Virginia's Eric Martin got in touch a couple months back. Kept tabs on him, saw him a couple times. And then when Harcum College made it to the NJCAA tournament, it became a full-on press from the Mountaineers. Uh, Martin was there. I mean, West Virginia was there to see a lot of guys. But Martin was there originally for the first couple days. Bob Huggins came in for a day or two. It was during Bob Huggins' stopover for the tournament that West Virginia offered Wagyu after seeing him in person. And then Ron Everhart came in and finished out the week at the tournament. Um, and, and Wagyu followed that by coming up and taking official visit to West Virginia. And, and he left that trip really. Got to make it clear that the Mountaineers were in the lead in his recruitment, that he was a big fan of the program, that he felt like he would fit there and could play right away. He mentioned a couple other trips. He picked up offers from BYU, San Jose State, a couple other programs, but none of those trips came to fruition, and he elected to commit to the Mountaineers just before the signing period, which begins on Wednesday. Speaking of, what's going to happen during this signing period? West Virginia already has three players signed. They have five players on the roster, two transfers. What's left? What could they fill? Will it happen now? It's all kind of—it's all kind of a some moving parts here. It seems like the picture is clearing up because it, not only was the Wagyu piece part of it, but with it potentially related, Fede Federico—a uh, one-time verbal commitment. Was no longer part of the class. They did not happen at the same exact time. That move has been in the works for a while. Um, I was told that, you know, it just seemed like it was best for both parties if he evaluated other options. And then West Virginia ended up going with somebody who seemed more ready to contribute right away uh, at the high major basketball level. And that's why they and a lean towards Wagner. So quick recap on the scholarship situation for West Virginia and the players committed, coming in, and and what they have left. On the roster and returning, there are only five players. Kedrian Johnson, Kobe Johnson, Seth Wilson, Jamel King, James Okonkwo. Currently signed, they have signed a national letter of intent. Josiah Harris, Josiah Davis, Pat zoom Pat zoom Nick. I'll get that right one day. Probably not on this podcast, but I will get it right one day. And then Wagyu just committed. That's up to 9 right there. Transfers, two of them. Eric Stevenson, guard from South Carolina. Joe Toussaint, guard from Iowa. So you're up to 11, you get 13 at any given time. So, you would think West Virginia has two spots left. Maybe that's right. Talk about a couple options here in just a second. But if there's anything I hope that our listeners have learned over the years, whether it's basketball, football, signing, committed, verbal, whatever, there is always a way to get out of everything. There is always a way for somebody to transfer, to not sign, to whatever. There's always something that can happen. I'm not saying definitively that something is going to happen, but. West Virginia is recruiting as if they have at least two spots left. At least two spots. Now, those two spots, what could they be? What should they be? I don't think you're going to see any more guards. Uh, You already have a couple guards returning in Keedy, Kobe, and Seth Wilson. Then you add two veterans in Toussaint and Stevenson. And and presumably Josiah Davis is going to enroll uh, in the summer. You're good, I think, in the backcourt. You're probably looking for a wing and probably looking for a big man. Um, you, we've seen West Virginia go with a three-guard lineup, but you still need somebody else that can rebound. You still need some some other guys with some length. I don't think you can just trot out uh, Jamel King, who is who is a nice player and would probably play that three position, uh, and, and then have Okonkwo and Wagyu and call it a day. you, you got to get some more length. So I think... You're going to look at some big guys, and that's that's what's been popping up when we, we beat the bushes on who's going to come visit West Virginia. And there's two that are lined up right now to come up and visit West Virginia in the next couple weeks. Uh, I've been told that it will most likely be the same weekend as the spring football game. Obviously give them a little bit of an atmosphere, get them up there so they can show them a football game, spend some time with the players, all that good stuff. Um, but – one of the ones on that list, and, and this was the date that he told me as well when we interviewed him recently, was Jimmy Bell from Moberly Area College. Uh, big guy from Michigan, uh, former offensive tackle actually, but outgrew it. He is now six foot ten and two sixty to The the weight thing, I think, is something that a lot of, of a lot of coaches really wanted to see. That's part of the reason why. West Virginia wanted to see him at that NJCAA tournament. He, his, he and his team were also there because um, my understanding was he, he was 300 plus at some point. And, and that's probably not a playable weight, even at 6'10". So he he has trimmed down some, and West Virginia is very interested. He claimed an offer recently and says he'll be visiting on April 23rd, 24th weekend. Another player to watch out for. Then this one, this is a big one. Uh, this is one that I think uh, you know a lot of schools will probably be pushing for, and that is, and I'm going to, so many names I'm going to screw up on this podcast, but uh, Norchad Omier from Arkansas State, uh, originally from Nicaragua, went to prep school in South Florida, had a very good first year with the Red Wolves in 2020-21, averaged uh, 12 and 12, uh, won I believe Freshman of the Year in his conference, but that year didn't even count. Uh, because of the pandemic, so he was still a freshman again this season, where he averaged 18 and 12. Um, also, very active defensively, two blocks, one and a half steals. So he kind of does all that stuff that old Bob Huggins loves to see from his big men. And this is kind of the type of player that I said West Virginia really needed. They needed somebody who could be a double-double machine. They need somebody who can who can score close to the basket They need somebody who can consistently grab rebounds at all times, and and he would seem to fit that bill, and he is planning on coming up for a visit this month. Um, You add those two, you're up to 13 scholarship players. Is that it? I wouldn't say definitively that that's it, but it could be. That, That would be 13. Fill your 13 spots. You got your wing. You got your big. You got some shooting. You got your guard, veteran guards from the transfer market, and I think West Virginia has to be feeling pretty good with that haul. If that if that is how they finish out with Jimmy Bell, Norchad Omier, I think West Virginia would feel pretty good about what they did right there. Especially if they're still poking around on another transfer to to kind of add to the rotation. But whether that happens remains to be seen. And if it does. Mike and I will hop back on a podcast and discuss it. I can guarantee you that. Uh, For now, though, I'm going to wrap up this uh, portion of the podcast. We'll take a quick break for commercial and come back with Sean Bach from our Iowa site to discuss Joe Tucson. Welcome back to Country Roads Confidential, and now it's time to discuss the new Iowa point guard transfer Joe Tucson. and to help me get a new perspective on this I'm welcoming Sean Bach of our Iowa site on the 24 7 sports.com network Hawkeye insider Sean how are you today doing good
0: Chris how are you doing
1: uh, doing all right staying busy uh, double commitments on Monday and basketball spring football uh, raring along and then baseball has found some life of late so definitely keeping me busy these days.
0: Yeah, it's always good to hear. Always nice to be busy this time of year, especially when there seemed to be a little bit of a lull period. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, for, for speaking of a lull period, uh, West Virginia basketball had one this past season, kind of uh, fallen apart after a pretty strong start to the season. Uh, I believe they were 13-2 and two at one point, uh, had two separate seven-game losing streaks towards the end of the year, and lost a few players to graduation, lost a few players to transfer, And Bob Huggins is rebuilding on the fly. And one of the players that they really put a focus on, I mean, they, they, after he got into the portal, they invited him up right away. And despite it being part of the live eval period, had the coaching staff, the entire coaching staff on campus to meet with Joe Toussaint. So tell me what, what's, what's special about this guy? Why is West Virginia pushing so hard to get him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I go, I look back to Tucson going into his senior season or going into his senior year. He was playing at the PSA Cardinals on the Nike UIBL circuit. And that's when Iowa really started to put a focus on him. You know, a lot of the attention with that PSA team was with Cole Anthony, who, you know, Tucson is really good friends with. So, you know, there were a lot of eyes on Cole. And then, you know, obviously with Tucson playing alongside of him, that kind of, you know, rose his stock a little bit. But Iowa really needed a point guard in that class, was really looking at a couple of guys, missed on a couple of guys. But, you know, Tucson, one thing that they were looking for was a guy who, you know, not only was tough and kind of brings that Bronx-New York swagger to him, but a guy that can get into the lane, he's strong, he can penetrate. um, You know, just do a variety of different things with his speed and, um, you know, athleticism. And, you know, Iowa made it a point to get him on campus, um, got him in the boat. I think he picked Iowa over – Wichita State, Dayton, um, and there was one other school that I'm missing, too, that was, you know, one of those mid-major plus programs, but I I look back to my conversation with uh, Terrence Munch-Williams, who's the program director at PSA, and I'm sure West Virginia fans will will like this comparison, but he was referring to Tucson as having a potential, you know, Javon Carter, you know, type impact with, you know, West Virginia, Ooh, or Rick Carter obviously playing at West Virginia, obviously, you know, not having the all-American or, you know, all big 12 level impact that Carter had or, you know, leading the NCAA in steals. But, you know, being that guy that can uh, defend up and down the court, uh, you know, cause their cause the ball handler, you know, to switch the dribble, um, you know, really, really wreck a lot of havoc. And that was kind of a strong suit at first, you know, defending being kind of a pesty guy or pesky guy on defense, um, you know, up in their face, really giving them a hard time up and down the court. But the offensive game for Tucson, you know, kind of took a step back a little bit. Um, He wasn't really much of an efficient shooter, wasn't really a guy that, you know, was a reliable, um, you know, guy scoring the basketball, could obviously get into the lane and finish a number of times. But, you know, his percentage on two-point field goals as a freshman was 40%. And, you know, obviously he's not shooting. He didn't shoot as much mid-range as he does now, um, but it really wasn't that impressive of a mark. But you know, as he got on, as he got older, you know, seemed to really come into his own a little bit more Um, still played a little sporadic at times was a kind of a, you know, you know, kind of all over the place at times, you know, with turnovers and, you know, making these split decisions, making decisions way too fast that, you know, kind of caused a lot of, um, you know, frustration within the Iowa program and, you know, kind of put, kind of put him in a, in a weird spot um, with that. But, you know, this year started the season, obviously Iowa moved Jordan Bohannon back to the one spot as a starting point guard, and that kind of changed things, and that moved Toussaint to the bench, but, you know, he really had, he really put a chip on his shoulder once he got to that bench, and really pr- pr- played his, played his heart out, because he was non-stop, you know, coming off the bench, really giving him a spark, and was huge in that Big Ten tournament, um, I don't think Iowa wins the Big Ten tournament without Joe Toussaint's contributions off the bench, so, that was really important for them. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does at West Virginia. I think, you know, he's the perfect kind of fit for what Bob Huggins wants to do um, with his point guards. He wants them to be, you know, be able to defend full court, you know, cause a lot of havoc, obviously turning over the ball is not something that, that they want. But I think when you play at that pace, sometimes you're going to get that. Um, But, you know, I think, I think, you know, a lot of it lines up with what people have said on Twitter is that they think he's a really good fit for what West Virginia wants to do. It's just, you know, a matter of playing within himself and, um, you know, kind of staying calm on the court, but defensively, I think he's, he's the perfect, he's a perfect fit there. Well, I think, you know,
1: it, it, my original thought was when we were looking at this and, and I was piecing it together with the veteran point guard, they got coming back who averaged like five points a game while shooting, you know, 24% from three. And then they brought Eric Stevenson, a trans guard transfer from South Carolina, who, averaged uh i think he averaged 11 points but shot 30 some percent from the floor and my my original thought was boy where's the offense coming from from the from this group from these three but part of the issue with west virginia these past two years actually um you know they still ended up making it to the tournament playing pretty well uh not this past year but the year before but they couldn't stop the, the point guards couldn't stop. Anybody couldn't keep anybody in front of them as Bob Huggins, his, his most famous line, I suppose when he's or at least his most famous post game line is talking about guys getting quote straight line drive. And and he was looking for guards that could um, keep opposing ball handlers from getting a straight line drive to the basket. So you're telling me that Tucson could be that guy that could keep other players from doing that.
0: Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, You know, when he plays with his feet, I know that's kind of a cliche with basketball. But like when and it's pretty simple to say, you learn that right from the beginning. But when he plays with his feet, he is a much better defender. And I think that's just more, you know, being comfortable with that and trusting his athleticism and his lateral ability. Because, you know, not only is he quick and he's, you know, moves well side to side, but he is strong. If you've seen pictures of him, you can see you know the upper body that he has the chest that he has you know the arms that he has because he is he is pretty well put together in that regard obviously you know not not as tall as maybe some of the other guards but he is really well put together and he's tough too he is he's from the Bronx obviously played with PSA so he's kind of got that that chip on his shoulder that you want in that guard and you know he he's willing to play defense and you know I feel like Huggins is a coach that obviously you know, pushes that. And, you know, like you said before, the straight line, I think Toussaint will be able to really fit in well defensively. Offensively, I think that's where there's going to be some question marks. He's an improved offensive player, I'd say. But, you know, at times he still tends to get a little little sporadic with turning the ball over and making certain decisions. But, you know, I think from a defensive perspective, he's exactly what you want.
1: All right. And let's talk offense then, because uh, again, that's, that's a little bit of a concern. And as as I was trying to figure out how and why and and how this all works, what, what, how are they going to score with the guards they have? I went back and looked and saw that Toussaint was his high school's all time leading scorer. Now I don't know how many good players have come from his high school, but that's still saying something. And he averaged twenty three points per game as a senior. Uh, again, playing in New York City, so I, I assume that he is playing against at least some caliber of competition there did you see any flashes of 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 that in Iowa
0: yeah there were there were moments where you know you could see him you know get a couple buckets in a row obviously with the type of talent that Iowa's had in the last couple of years with Luca Garza Keegan Murray Joe Wieskamp um Jordan Bohannon, CJ Frederick those guys you know Tucson's not going to be relied on the score but when he gets into the lane and he gets downhill that's when he's most effective, not only as a scorer, but as a guy that, you know, can find the open guy in the perimeter, um, you know, dump it off to a big man cutting into the lane, um, you know, kind of playing some some pick and roll ball too as, you know, the ball is the main ball handler. So, I mean, I don't think you want to rely on him to be a scorer, but I do think you want him as a guy that can get into the lane. And like I said, you know, cause penetration, you know, he's gotten better better at finishing at the rim. And like I said before, there have been a couple of moments where, you know, he's gone on his own six zero eight zero runs. I think there were maybe, like, three or four times during his career, if I recall correctly, that that's happened, where you're kind of like, okay, like, Joe, Joe just went on, like, a huge run by himself, you know, not only scoring the ball, but also dishing it, too. So, you know, I think offensively, I think it can work. Um, he shot – he looked a little more confident with his three-point shot this year and, you know, also took – um a number of mid-range shots that looked pretty solid. I think his two-point percentage is up to 48% now um, from what it was as a freshman, which is 39%. So that's really encouraging. Um, but when you talk about scoring, I don't think you want to rely on him to be a your go-to guy. But I think getting into the lane and, you know, if you put, good guy, if you put guys around him that can shoot it or, you know, finish down low, I think he's going to be able to find those guys and really, really play well within them. All right. So West Virginia only needs to find about four or five more transfers and we're good. Is that what you're telling me? That's, I mean,
1: I guess sounds about right. <laughs> um, so let's finish on this with Tucson. Was, was this transfer a surprise? Speaking of, you know, like everybody has that level of transfer. Like, yeah, duh, of course you're transferring, you know, you're not playing that much. It makes sense. Oh, and then to the, Oh, Holy cow. I can't believe this is, this is happening. Where was this on the scale? And and did you kind of see this coming?
0: Um. You know, it kind of depends who you talk to. Um, there was a lot of speculation that one of the point guards on the team was going to transfer, whether that be Joe Toussaint or Aaron Uless. Um, I think Toussaint, maybe because, you know, he lost a starting job twice during his career. I think that that had part to do with it. I mean, they say twice, but I think it's more of, you know, this year is when he lost the job. Um, so I think it was either going to be him or Aaron Euless who – uh, is a really promising rising uh, sophomore that they are rising junior that they have in the program. Um, and they have a guy coming in too, and Desante Bowen, who is one of the more, you know, sought after recruits at Iowa. Iowa has had in the Fran McCaffrey era at that true point guard spot. I don't think he's ready to play major minutes right away, but I know the staff is really high on him. So, you know, I, I think it was coming. Um, it was just a matter of which point guard it was. And I think. You know, a lot of people that I talked to after the transfer, a lot of people around on the program, um, saw this coming for a while. Um, so I think that's that's kind of I, you know, I thought at first it was either Uless or Toussaint. But, you know, after talking to people, it seemed like there was a lot of buzz that, you know, this was in the works for a while. But, you know, I think this goes to show, too, if it was in the works for a while or, you know, assuming it was planned for Toussaint for quite some time. You know, he gave his all to this Iowa team down the stretch, even when he wasn't playing. And or playing as much as off the bench. So I think that kind of tells you what you need to know about, you know, his his want to be great and his want to really, you know, impact the team because he was really doing a lot of good things off the bench, even when, you know, he was benched. And, you know, that's hard to do, especially when you're a multi-year starter or a multi-year guy in a college program to, you know, come off the bench and, you know, bring those contributions even when you're not playing as much.
1: All right, Sean. Well, I appreciate you hopping on to, to talk about the newest Mountaineer point card. And I it, it really, like I said, it, Mike and I talked about him a little bit yesterday, but it, you really added a lot there. And I really appreciate you hopping on. Can you tell our listeners where they can find your find your work?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're at hawkeyeinsider.com dot com, um, the Iowa side and the 24 seven sports network. And then my Twitter is uh, at Spock two four seven.
1: All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Sean and everybody. Thanks for listening. Mike and I will be back on the pod on Wednesday morning uh, with some more spring football updates, maybe some more basketball transfer news. Who knows With the way things are going until next time I'm Chris Anderson.
0: MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori deal and I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over guys. All stars Four is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level.